Welcome back to the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. My name is Lydia. I am your host and wedding photographer based in Tamaki Makoto, Auckland. This is a bit of a different episode. I actually recorded this with our guest back in November and she actually got married in December. Our guest, Devanchi, had functions in New Zealand, Auckland and Christchurch, and then a wedding in India in December. So we talked through those New Zealand functions and everything that went into them. No easy feat as well. One of them had a guest list of 500 people, so not just your average little engagement party. And we also talked about what it is like to plan a wedding in India from New Zealand with your partner also being on the other side of the world. Devanchi and her fiancé had a semi-arranged marriage and they also did long distance for most of their dating life and were talking for quite a while before they even met in person. So it's really interesting hearing about their story of how they met and got engaged. We also chat through all the different ceremonies and traditions that they chose to do for their wedding. It is great to hear about a different culture and even the difference between every Indian wedding, that every single one is unique. She gives some great advice on being super organized, having the right mindset when it comes to social media, how to keep on top of everything when you have huge guest numbers, as well as multiple outfits and events to organize. You will get a lot out of this podcast, even if you are not Indian or planning an Indian wedding. There is still so much goodness in this, especially around being organized, different planning tools, delegating to people and having family involvement as well. So I really encourage you to listen right through to this one. Enjoy episode 25 with Devanchi. Hi Devanchi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat all about your wedding. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here today. So you are a bit different to um, some of our guests in that you're actually not married yet, but um planning an Indian wedding um, in India and then a couple of celebrations in New Zealand as well. So we're going to get into all of that and I'm excited for people to hear about it. But to start off with, if you could just tell us a little bit about you and your fiance, how you guys met and your life together. Yeah, definitely. Um, So it kind of started just over two years ago um, and we don't like it was semi-arranged not like a fully arranged marriage but it was like semi-arranged in the sense that our parents were involved um which is quite um which isn't normal um I guess in most cases but um yeah so basically our parents asked us like do we want to talk to each other and we both kind of said no um and then a few of his friends like encouraged him to talk to me and I um was encouraged as well to talk to him Um, we basically kind of met through a mutual friend of ours Um, there's always like a middleman Um, so yeah a family friend of ours who knew both of our families um, kind of just introduced us and was like I think you two would be really good um, together and I think you guys would get along Um, and that's kind of when the parents stepped in and like encouraged us to talk to each other um, which is always quite scary Um, but then we did and then I guess the rest is history Um, I guess the funny story is I told my mum that before I like decided to marry him I had to um I was like I had to meet him in person so I have four contexts my fiance lives overseas he lives in um New Jersey America and I live in New Zealand so it's long distance um and we'd never met so we kind of started chatting online 
Um, so I kind of told my mom, I was like, if I like want to marry him, I need to meet him. But this was during peak COVID time. And in New Zealand, we had MIQ. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but I applied for MIQ and like, I got rejected the first time because it was so hard to get it. It was basically like a lot of lotto ticket, right? Um, and then, yeah, second time I was very lucky and ended up getting MIQ, but it meant that I had to leave New Zealand literally the next day. So I booked it, um, like around afternoon, like late afternoon. And the next morning I had to be a flight over to the States to meet him for the first time by myself. Um, so that was really like, I was quite nervous and scared. Um, but yeah, so then that's, and I guess the rest is history. What was that um, first meeting like? Did you kind of click straight away and, yeah, it's just like yeah. putting a face, meeting in person to all the yeah. messages? I was actually really nervous. I was like, oh, my God, like, am I going to know what he looks like um, and stuff? But we actually just met at the airport. Um, he came and picked me up, which was really nice. Um, and then we, like, hung out for a bit. And then I ended up um, staying with my auntie um, that night. And then we, it was nice. We got to... Um, hang out the next few days but yeah it was it was really nice to put a face to the name and actually just spend time in person um together but no after um there's always like the one few minutes of initial awkwardness but after that we were fine so um you dated for a while and then was there a proposal can you tell us the story of how that happened yeah definitely um so we were like a how many months it was actually quite a fast um proposal I think we're six months into dating um and we wanted to do so obviously I'm Indian so we wanted to do like an Indian engagement ceremony um so just to like make it official as well for like our families um so I kind of told him I was like before we have our engagement our Indian engagement ceremony I want to make sure that you propose to me um, so I'd given him a deadline and I think that helped him um, pop the question. So yeah, it was really um, pretty. It was just the two of us, which was really nice. And just like, I was still surprised. Like I knew obviously that was going to happen at some point, but you just never know when um, or where. So yeah, no, it was um, really special. Just the both of us. It was at this castle. It's called Pips Castle um, in New Jersey. And it was overlooking um, the New York skyline. Um, yeah pop down one knee, ask the question. And then, yeah, it was just really special. Um, that moment was just for the both of us. And then we had our Indian engagement ceremony, um, I think like a week later. Um, so that was really nice to celebrate with our friends and family after that. So Nice. That sounds so cool. Um, what a backdrop for New York. That's amazing. And so what did starting to plan your wedding look like? And um, yeah, this might be a little bit different to um, other people's cultures and traditions. So can you talk a bit about how your family's involved in the planning, their input as well as yours? And yeah, what that starting process kind of looks like? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, like you said, it's our parents are involved a lot with our wedding as well, just because we consider it, obviously it's mine and my partner's wedding, um, my fiance's weddings, but it's also just as much important for our parents as well. Um, and even like our grandparents, like um, his grandma's a little bit involved, my grandma and like my granddad involved. So it's like nice. It's like a whole family affair. Um, but obviously, ultimately, like it is we do get the final say, which is nice, but it's nice to have their opinions as well. Um, planning the wedding was the hardest thing. Like, it's not easy job, especially when you have so many events over so many days. 
Um, I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Um, but yeah, planning was the first thing was trying to find a location between where I live in New Zealand, where he lives in America. Those were like our first options. Um, but then we decided since we both are India and we both were born there, why don't we have the big Indian wedding in India? Um, it just makes it easier for a lot of our friends and family um, who live there and for some of our friends and family to travel. Um, I kind of always dreamed about having my wedding in India. Just the way that they do it over there is so different to over here. Um, so that was, we were pretty certain, like we knew we were going to have it in India. Um, it was just where in India because there's, India is so big. Um, so we looked at a few different places in India, a um, few different cities, a few different venues. Um, and then we decided on our venue and our location, which is an hour away from my hometown. Um, we kind of knew that we wanted to have a venue where all of our friends and family come and stay with us for a few nights. Um, so just trying to find a big enough venue um, that catered to all of our needs and also close to an airport. So when we have friends and family coming from out of India, um, it was easier for them to get there um, and also easier for our like grandparents and our elders um, to travel there as well. So there was a lot to consider <laughs> when deciding the perfect venue, but what helped was deciding the venue and our date um and like once I would say like yeah once you decide the venue and the date everything else kind of falls into place after that um so yeah even with the date um we have a guru so we wanted to ask our guru what date we should go for so yeah it was really nice it worked out with the venue as well so yeah that's kind of how we decided um our venue and our date and then we also went over to India my family and his family and looked at the venue like that's probably a big tip I would say is to make sure you go and look at a venue before you like book it especially online it can sometimes be misleading um and you can go there you can feel out the vibe you can see you can like try to envision it um so that helped a lot going over there and even staying we stayed there for a night as well just to see what it was like um so that helped us a lot to decide um with the venue yeah that's great advice so yeah you've got the kind of big Indian wedding as well as the celebrations in New Zealand um like we said earlier so can you just give us a bit of an overview of what that looks like the New Zealand ones and then when you get to India as well yeah yeah definitely um so yeah this whole journey kind of started April 2020 two so that's when we had our first engagement um ceremony which was in america um so that was a great one with all of sahaja's family and friends from over there um so then we knew that since we decided to get married in india we kind of always wanted to have something in new zealand as well to make sure that we i can also celebrate with all of my friends and family over here um so then we decided to do a um, function in new zealand we actually did two functions just because um I lived in New Zealand, I mean, I lived in Auckland for a few years as well. So I've also made a lot of friends and family up there. Um, so yeah, we did the bigger function in Christchurch, just because that's where I grew up and have been here for like more than 20 years. Um, so yeah, we did a function here, which had around 500-ish people. And um, yeah, that's a lot for, um, that's pretty, pretty normal in Indian culture, I guess. Um, but it is a big function. So the hardest thing that we found in Christchurch with doing such a large scale function was the venue, trying to find a venue that fits 500 people um, and lets us cater as well. 
Um, there are beautiful venues in Christchurch, but we knew that we wanted to have Indian food. That was very like, my parents are very particular about that. Um, and also just being Indian, like we need to have Indian food at our functions. Um, so trying to find a venue that let us have our own food and um, held 500 people was quite tough. But we were very lucky. We found a venue out in Lincoln, um, the Lincoln Event Centre, um, which like ticked all of our boxes, which was perfect. Um, and then, yeah, we decided to do the function here. Had my had a makeup artist, a hair artist, video, um, a photographer, and then we decided to do a videographer as well, just to remember everything um, by video, which was really nice. Um, and then I had friends from basically all around New Zealand come to that one. And even Sohoja's friends, um, four of them flew from America to come to attend the function, which was really special. Um, so yeah, that was the function we had in Christchurch. And then we did a similar one up in Auckland as well. So we just called it pre-wedding um, dinners, just because in India, we can't have a thousand people at our wedding. It's just too hard. Um, also with our venue as well, like with accommodation and everything. So we decided to just to do these two big functions here and then only call out close friends and family over to India. Yeah, nice. That's a good way to do it in lots of different events. And um, yeah, so you talked a little bit about struggling to find venues for those events. And then um, how did it go with finding vendors and stuff? Like, was that was there anything difficult about that process? Um, I think it just takes time trying to find the right person who understands what you're after as well. And I think you just have to scroll on Instagram and scroll websites. Um, I found Instagram to be the best option, actually, especially with hair and makeup. Um, just being able to see the artist's other work as well, to see, to make sure they understand kind of what I wanted. Um, I didn't do a makeup trial for these functions, but I did do a makeup trial for my wedding um, functions over in India. Um, but trials are really handy to have, or if you don't, especially if you don't know what look you're after, um, it helps a lot. But yeah, no, um, just through yeah Instagram and just scrolling and messaging and making sure um, the artists were available. Another tip I would say is we had our function in September and I booked my makeup, um, my hair and makeup in February. So I think getting in early and just booking that um, really helps. So you get first choice as well. Um, otherwise, I know they are really busy and they get booked up. Um, but no, otherwise, it was really good. And the decorator um, was amazing. We hired a decorator. Um, and she was just incredible. And like, um, she went a over and like above and beyond and like sampling was really helpful knowing what something was going to look like before we even did it for the day just to make sure it was um what we wanted so we had a few samples with her as well so that was really helpful um but otherwise yeah everything ended up falling into place with photographers and videographers um so yeah nice and so you said you had about 500 people at the Christchurch one and then was it like 200-ish in Auckland? Yeah. Yeah. How did you find, did you kind of have like a limit on guest lists for both those events and did you have to narrow it down or it was just something you wanted to include everyone in? Yeah, so I think you definitely need to set a limit otherwise it could you can end up calling a thousand people. Um, so with the Christchurch one it was definitely um, – a lot of my parents' family and friends as well, along with my friends and family, um, there definitely gets to a point where you do need to have a limit. 
uh, we kind of said 550 was our limit um, just to make sure because also catering purposes as well um, same with Auckland we said 200 especially the venue we had in Auckland was a lot smaller so even they had the um, capacity of only 200 um, so that made that part a lot easier and then the Christchurch one um, yeah definitely at 550 we like had to cap it just otherwise you know you can end up with 800 people um, and but that's definitely one thing that um, I think I not regret but I think if I were to do it again for the 500 people we sent out the invitations individually so I think next time I would definitely have an online platform to keep a track of all the RSVPs um, I think that was something that yeah I would definitely change next time yeah I can imagine that would be a lot of admin <laughs> for that many guests for sure it was yeah <laughs> and there's so many um good like wedding websites and online um platforms now yeah so, <laughs> good advice <laughs> So did those kind of events, um, what did they look like? I guess it was sort of like wedding receptions, just like a big dinner. Did you have sort of like speeches and dancing? Yeah, so it was kind of like a reception before we even got married. Um, so yeah, everyone kind of, it was quite chill. Like we don't want to have too many formalities, but it was just everyone was there together. Lots of mingling. Um, a lot of people hadn't even met my fiance just with the long distance um aspects it was just nice to finally introduce him to a lot of our friends and family um everyone came along like you know you get photos um there was dinner we had a big buffet like I said Indian food um and actually yeah we decided to do no speeches and um no cake this time but we ended up um like dancing a lot so yeah it was really nice just a nice celebration and so you mentioned a few things, but yeah, is there anything else um, with the New Zealand events that you found difficult during the planning process or yeah, anything you look back on and would do differently apart from the invitations? Yeah, I think the invitations one is the biggest one. Um, I think for me personally, it was nice to have a decorator instead of doing it ourselves. Um, also just with, we had so many friends and family coming from out of Christchurch that we we're also hosting. So keeping on top of that, we had Sahuj and his family. Um, and you know, there's just all, always something going on. We did some of the catering ourselves as well. So also like the kitchen side. So it was nice to not stress about the decorations for once and actually outsource that. Um, we had lots of meetings with my, like we, um, me and the decorator had lots of meetings and like we drew like a whole floor plan. So we were both on the same page about where things go in the hall. Um, so there was no surprises and everything was executed really well. Um, but no, I think it's just having that communication with everyone on the day as well to know where everyone needs to be at what time. And like, I, I'm quite, I'm quite organized and I'm quite lists and everything. So I had a whole, like kind of like a run sheet timeline thing for that day of like this is when we start hair and makeup this is when the photographer comes to get our family photos like so it was nice like for me I needed that to keep me calm um I know it runs different but I really needed to have those set timings there um and make sure that everything run um ran smoothly and everyone was in the chair for hair and makeup at that certain time and I made sure the parents went to the venue first to make sure everything was set up well and just I think making sure everyone knows where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do before you get to the function but no I think otherwise like everything went really smoothly 
Yeah, nice. That's great advice. Definitely have a run sheet, no matter how big or small your day is. So helpful. So can you tell us a bit about your Indian wedding celebrations and um, yeah, what that looks like, how many days it goes for, different events. And yeah, you're kind of like two families, both Indian, but from slightly different parts, like coming together. So yeah, can you touch on what that looks like and a few of the like significant traditions involved? Sure, yeah. So Indian weddings are very complex. So even though I'm Indian, someone else is Indian, it can still be really different. Um, so you have to figure out what's important to you as the couple, what traditions are important to your family as well. So um, me and my partner are from different parts of India and his dad's side of the family is actually South Indian. So they have a whole different set of norms and traditions and stuff they do. So we definitely wanted to incorporate some of the South Indian traditions into our wedding um, as well. So yeah, so I was trying to figure out everything. So my wedding my first function actually starts um, on the 8th of December and my and the last function we have is on the 18th of December. So over so it goes over a span of 10 days, which is quite a lot, um, but just to squeeze in all the events and also give us time to breathe as well. So we're actually having a function basically every second day. We decided first we decided to do functions every day but then it was just going to be too much for everyone um so then we decided to span it over every second day um so just to help everyone out so yeah so we have the first function we have is a prayer um with some saints um for me so even though me and my like partner or like fiance are getting married like we also do stuff not together as well like my family has our own traditions that we do and his family will have his own traditions that they will do. Um, so my prayer is going to be the first function we have. And then the, not the next day, but the day after we have another function. Um, it's called Laladu. So that was something even I learned. I didn't know about this function until um, my dad brought it up and it was something that they do on their side of the family. Um, it's supposed to be like a first function. Um, and they basically feed you sweets and yeah, just to start off the wedding celebrations. Um, and then the day after that, we have a batuk. So a batuk is something that is from, it's from Ahmedabad. So I'm from Ahmedabad. So it's a very Ahmedabad thing to do. Um, basically, it's at your house and all of your friends and family come and you just like hang out, you eat dinner, you might dance just to make it feel like there's a wedding in the house. Um, so that's another function we have. And then on the, um, the day after that, we have something called a mameru. So a mama is your uncle. So it's a function hosted by your uncle and grandparents for the bride. Um, just to be like my niece is getting married sort of thing. And they give you, um, presents and yeah, just like another lunch sort of thing. Um, but that what that important that function is very important to my uncle. That's his role in the wedding. So you can kind of see like a lot of Indian weddings, like a lot of family members have their like roles and stuff that they play. Um, so then we have that, and then that evening we have another batuk, which is just sitting again, meeting all of our family, hanging out. Um, also, what happens is everyone is normally so busy, so you don't get to see your family as much. So having a wedding is an excuse also just to hang out with your family, meet everyone. Um, and for us, it's going to be really special because we have my uncle and auntie 
um, coming from America. So it's just like a, it's going to be a big family reunion for us this time, which will be really nice. Um, and then we go to the fifth, I think we're up to the 15th. So then the day after that, we actually are traveling to another city. Um, it's like an hour away. And then we have my fiance's prayer as well that day, um, at our temple. Um, then the day after that is when our official wedding, um, ceremonies, I guess, stuff starts. And in the morning we have a Ganesh puja, which is Lord Ganesh. And that's when you, um have prayers from him followed by then all of our guests arrive at our venue um and then we have like a welcome lunch it's just a big lunch for all of our guests to start meeting each other both sides of the family meeting um and then after lunch we have a function called the piti or the haldi which is when um everyone puts turmeric it's like a turmeric paste um on the bride and groom it's kind of there just to it's like a pre-glow like facial before you get married it's just it's yeah it's just tradition we do it um <laughs> that's yeah um so we have the whole day ceremony um that gets pretty wild because like your family put it, puts it on you really nicely but your friends can they just go a bit crazy um so then after the whole day ceremony that evening we have my henna ceremony and the sangeet um so henna is um like the stuff you put on your hands it's you get it done for weddings it's quite traditional um to for the bride and her um the people that are around you or your friends and family to get it done as well the bride like goes up quite high like I plan on getting my you know done like up to my elbows um everyone else will probably get a lot lower and I'll get my feet done so I have my henna ceremony um and then after that we have our sangeet which is a um it's a dancing ceremony where everyone, so I have some friends and some family who will be like performing for us. Um, and then it's just like an open dance floor. Um, so but that day is going to be quite full on. Uh, so it'll be quite a busy and long day, but it'll be fun just having everyone there together um, or just make it nice to celebrate. And then the next day we have a South Indian ceremony. So this is something new to me as well. Um, and this was something that my fiance's grandmother really wanted and he's the only grandson and she helped raise him and everything. So um, he's really special to her. So this was like the least we could do. Um, and we want to make sure that she's happy as well. Um, so we decided to do the South Indian ceremony where me, the bride and the groom sit on a swing and um, they sing us songs and like they shower us in like flower petals um so we're doing that ceremony as well in the morning and then we have the wedding um so the wedding itself Indian weddings last at least an hour there's like so many different steps that happen so it kind of starts off with the groom so the groom enters he has his own parade basically before he even gets to the venue um in a car with like um drums and all that so he'll like kind of enter that way then he's greeted by my my mum and my family to like welcome him and then he goes down the aisle and he does something first like a prayer first and then I enter and then that's when our wedding um ceremony starts and then in that ceremony there's like five or um six other ceremonies that happens within that one ceremony so I'm still learning as well like once you sit down you once you start to get married you're like oh my god what's what um steps do we need to take to make sure we're married 
Um, so yeah, so that's been interesting as well. And then after the wedding, we're having a reception. Um, that's, you know, pretty standard. Um, and then the next day we just have breakfast with all of our guests as well. So that's everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so much. It's so cool to hear about all those different traditions and ceremonies and yeah, so special and interesting and yeah almost like some of the ones you didn't know about do you feel like you had to like study about it or your family's kind of teaching you the um yeah different traditions and things that will happen yeah absolutely like I'm still learning like the la la do like I still don't fully know what's gonna happen that day but that's okay just go with it yeah (laughs) exactly and it's nice to see like all of our like other aunties and uncles like all excited about it like I think it definitely makes me more excited um and seeing like everyone wanting to do this and wanting to have this event so it is really nice um and then I guess for all of these events you have to have outfits so I think I have 13 outfits in total I counted the other night Wow. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that as well. What do the outfits look like? So around 13, so you almost have, is it like a different one for each ceremony or day? And um, yeah, what did that process look like? Did you get them all made? Did you find them? Yeah, that was, uh, that's a big process. Um, It takes so much time and trying to find 13 outfits that aren't the same color is really hard. Um, so yeah, we definitely started with the main functions. Um, just, it's a lot easier knowing that we're doing these functions. Um, so I kind of like, before we started shopping, I kind of had an idea of colors that I wanted or like a vibe that I was going for. But then once we actually went to India and started shopping and I started looking at outfits, I was like, oh wait, I really love this one. And I was like, okay, maybe I can wear this one here. So I think like an advice I would give to especially Indian brides when they have so many outfits to choose from um, so many events like it's always nice to have a color scheme and idea but also just keep an open mind of if you're going shopping and you do love an outfit you know you don't and if it doesn't fit that color scheme you can wear it to that function or another function Um, it's a lot easier just to go off what you love instead of having a complete vision in mind Um, I would say if you're very particular and you have that vision then you definitely need to get your outfit created um so most of my outfits we bought in a store but over there all of your outfits are tailor-made for you so then they go away to get um for your measurements so these two outfits no three I think three or four outfits that I did get made especially in the sense we had gone to a fabric store and there were some fabrics and materials that we loved so through that then we went and got it designed Um, so we've done that a few times with a few of my different outfits, but that process is a lot and that takes a lot of time. Um, we were lucky enough that we started our wedding shopping in January, December, January of last year. So we've been shopping for a whole year. So we knew that we had the time to get some of these pieces created. Um, but like, so one of my dresses is still not made. So it's taken them quite a long time to get it made because they give you samples. You like this, you don't like this, and you send it back. So it does take a lot of time. Um, but they somehow always get get it done somehow, but they always stress you to the last minute. <laughs> but yeah, so and then trying to get my outfits and then trying to get my partner's outfits to make sure that they either match or color code or and stuff. So it's it's a whole process and it takes a lot of time, I think. 
yeah, we've been to India three times this year just for all of the wedding shopping and wedding stuff. So, yeah, it's a process. Yeah, I was going to ask that too. What has that whole planning process looked like? So there's been a bit of flying back and forth. And, yeah, you obviously mentioned that there's a lot of family involvement and different people kind of hosting or um, helping organize all the different events. And are you working with a wedding planner as well? Yes, so I do have a wedding planner. Um, he's based in India and he so when we chose our venue um, with the venue there was three options for wedding planners it's a lot easier going with wedding planners who have worked with that space and know the rules of the venue Um, so we chose one from over there but my wedding planner only covers two of my days so I still have the other 10 days or like sorry the other seven eight days that we are planning ourselves so that's like me, my mom, my dad, my sister, my grandparents, like my uncles. Um, so everyone kind of has their own function that they are kind of in charge of. So my um, uncle and auntie, so one of my uncles and aunties, they're in charge of all the batiks as the batiks are going to be held at their place. Um, so then they know that they need to help in that, obviously. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different people involved in different events. Um, but the wedding planner has helped a lot. Just being based over here, it's hard for us um, to get stuff done over there. Um, and then, yeah, going back and forth has helped a lot just to be able to do things in person, like seeing the venue and like figuring out, oh, this decoration can go here and this decoration can go here and I want this and the entrance and stuff um, has helped a lot. And then also just for clothing and jewellery. Um, jewellery is another huge part of Indian outfits. Um, so just once we decided all my outfits, then it was jewelry time and then you have shoes and handbags. So 13 outfits, it's not easy. And this is just my, like my outfits. Then, you know, we help like we, as a family, you do it together of like, you help your mom, you help your sister, you help your dad decide all their outfits too. So it's a process. I don't think, I think I'm done with shopping for a while now. The stores and places we visited, um, it was great. Like it was good fun, but also stressful because you only have a certain amount of time to decide. Like we in, we're not in India for months, you know. We're literally there for two, three weeks, and you have to you have to be able to make a decision fast. You can't look at a hundred outfits. Like I wish I had that time, but it also made me choose and make a decision. Like the wedding dress was the hardest. I think I tried on around twenty to twenty five wedding dresses. But then it was very easy. Like I walked out everyone, and everyone was just like, wow. And I was like, this is like, you just know when it's the one. Um, and I think that's the one that definitely takes the most time. Um, but with your other outfits, like if you love it, then you should just buy it. It's kind of good to have a bit of those time restraints as well. Because yeah, if you had kind of like two years to decide, then you might be changing your mind all the time or like styles change. And yeah, it's like good, just forced to make a decision straight away. Yeah, definitely. I did change one of my outfits, actually. Um, we went into the same store um, to go pick up our outfits and they were like oh we've got new collection like if you want to see it so then we had a look and then I was like oh I love this outfit so then I ended up changing one of my outfits um, but that's okay like in Indian court like I'll still be able to wear my other outfit somewhere so it's okay. And do you have like a bridal party as such as well or is it just all family? Yeah, so yeah, I actually had my bachelorette um a month ago now actually. Yeah, so I decided so yeah, it's that 
hard balance of like since it's an Indian wedding traditionally we don't have bridesmaids because bridesmaids actually don't serve a purpose in our wedding like while I know like over here like your bridesmaid you know you they walk down the aisle with you they stand up there with you but in Indian culture that doesn't happen so I was umming and ahhing about do I keep bridesmaids do I not but then I was like you know what I'm also from New Zealand so it was like I wanted to integrate both our cultures um, so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to have bridesmaids. So yeah, I do have um, some bridesmaids. Um, and yeah, they threw me a really nice bachelorette last month. It was a weekend. Um, two, three of our friends flew from Auckland and Wellington um, and Hamilton, which was really nice and just a nice way to celebrate. Um, yeah, I think I kind of also needed that just with all the wedding stuff. It was nice to have a weekend to celebrate where I didn't have to plan anything um so no they just did such a fantastic job and it was really fun um and they know that on the day of the wedding they will not be standing there with me but they'll be there um in the front row but yeah so I think it's just making sure that, like me I made sure that they knew what their role was kind of as a bridesmaid um but yeah it's just yeah trying to figure out between the both cultures and how to balance that and um, in terms of like the creative side of the wedding planning and the decorations and all of that, where did you find inspiration? Is it quite like traditional? And yeah, have you felt any sort of pressure from social media and online for like your wedding to look a certain way? Yeah, 100%. I think that was the biggest thing I struggled with this year was social media. There's so much content out there. So there is the good and the bad of like it has been good to get some inspiration some ideas but it also makes you be like oh my gosh will my wedding live up to the standard will the wedding be amazing will people love it oh is it gonna be cool so like I definitely went down a few rabbit holes of like I would like plan the theme like for this function like this is all the stuff we're having and then I'd go and see on social media oh this looks nothing like this or this is not this and then you start to feel shit about it which in fact like it shouldn't be like that but it just happens to be um so there was definitely a lot of pressure from social media and like just the the scale that Indian weddings are on is just a whole nother level um and the thing is people go to Indian weddings like especially in India like our family and friends go to so many Indian weddings as well so it's like how do I make my wedding different or how do I make my wedding unique and that was something that I definitely like struggled with a little bit um but then like talking to my fiance about it and he was like look he's like our wedding is going to be different because it's us we're getting married like you have to remember that and you have to remember why we're getting married he's like you're marrying your best friend like that should be the main important thing not the decorations not what you're gonna wear but it's like it's got to come back to us um and I'm like you're so right but being a girl I think also just want to make sure everything looks pretty and like I'm in marketing as well so I think that has helped me and also not helped me <laughs> in that sense um like being in marketing like I'm so particular about the small details and the finer details and I know that like some people don't even care about that but it's yeah it's a curse and a blessing at the same time so yeah the pressure of social media has been quite high um, I definitely had to go and unfollow some wedding pages just to make my life a bit easier. Like now we like have decided like this is our theme. This is what we're doing because then it's so easy to just keep adding and adding. But well, I also have to keep the budget in mind as well and make sure that like we don't have an unlimited budget, right? There is a set amount um, there. 
um, but Pinterest has been really good um, just giving ideas and color schemes and like vibes and stuff um, it has been really good but you have to be careful that you don't end up spending heaps and heaps of time on there um, but it's a good it's a good I it's a good way to start I think it was really helpful just to get the vibe um, and like figure out color schemes and things um, it has been really helpful in that sense but yeah definitely have to be careful about it too yeah for sure there's good and bad sides to all of that and it's so easy to just get caught in that kind of comparison trap with social media and yeah very overwhelming sometimes it's so hard to have those kind of like boundaries with yourself and but yeah that's some great advice maybe unfollow some people and just yeah focus on you and what represents you and your style what has been the hardest part about planning a wedding in a different country when both you and your fiance are in different parts of the world as well and yeah is there anything else you would recommend to people in that kind of same position yeah I think the time zones um just trying to figure out what time the meeting is in all the three different time zones um has been the hardest but somehow there always seems to be some time or someone has to compromise on a little bit of sleep um but we've made it work I think yeah definitely that was the hardest um it was nice to know that like my fiance has been really good in the sense he's like this is your dream wedding I think it's a bigger deal to me than it is to him so he has been really good about just I get to basically choose my like top two or top three and then he's helped me finalized it so it's still like both of our decisions um but it just helped me narrow down instead of him because the thing is we went to India a bit more and the time difference between India and New Zealand is a bit manageable um so it's easier for me to have all those meetings with the wedding planner kind of finalize things and then show him so that just trying to find that process that works for us um was really helpful to be like this is the best process for us I think it's the communication part um I know it's cliche but it's just making sure that everyone is on the same page so making sure that like what vision I have for that event is the same as my wedding planner is same as my fiance and then both of it um both sets of parents understand that as well and just making sure everyone is very clear um on that like for us like our parents have been both sets of parents have just been like just as involved with everything as well um for us like it's always nice for me especially like just to get my parents's idea like they've been to weddings they also know um what's going on just to be like cool like they like this as well they're like okay this is good then it must be good um it's always nice to have that second opinion but yeah I think just the communication between everyone um that part is really important especially like when you're sending out invitations like making sure like we say that we're sending out our invitations so then you can send out yours or they send out theirs like just making sure that we're all kind of doing it together because we definitely have quite a lot of mutual friends as well so making sure like if one family sends it out and then three weeks later another family sends it out um so just that communication making sure everyone's on the same page and everything um has probably been like the biggest tip I'd give to people that's great advice communication is so important I normally ask people about their budget which I think looks a bit different for the um maybe typical white wedding in New Zealand but yeah with so many different celebrations um and yeah in both different countries as well I think it looks 
a little bit different for you guys, but yeah, can you talk a bit about um, how that sort of works with your families being involved and contributing towards it as well? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's quite different in the sense uh, in Indian culture, it's very typical for your parents and even grandparents and uncles to contribute um, to different functions. So like I said, like we have a function where my uncle is hosting that function. So he will contribute to that function as well. Um, and then even with the bride and the groom's parents. Um, so in Indian culture, both of their parents contribute. Traditionally, I think it's the bride side that do the wedding and the groom side that do the reception. Um, but that's like very traditional. So we've kind of decided to share a lot of the costs. Um, and it's yeah, really nice. Like me and my partner, like we even offered to contribute and both of our parents like, no, like this is, you know, like they've just been very nice about it. And they're like, no, like we want to contribute and do it as well. Um, which has been really nice. So yeah, I think that's a big difference between Indian weddings and, um, Kiwi weddings that we have is just the parents contribute um and also I guess they have just as much say or like they have say as well um but it's it's very traditional for Indian weddings for parents to be involved um and I know like key weddings it's not as common or it's not as normal um but here it's just like a whole family affair um but yeah that's just yeah it's just kind of how we've been raised and how you just know it goes (laughs) yeah cool and um, is there any other like helpful resources that you use during wedding planning? Um, yeah, we've touched on a lot with like Pinterest and then having your planner and everything. But yeah, was there anything else you wanted to recommend there? Um, yeah, lots of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Just with the different countries, um, writing everything down has helped a lot. Like I thought maybe I'll be able to remember it, but I can't. Um, and I've definitely learned that the hard way, like having lots of lists, like I have so many Excel spreadsheets for so many different things, like just even being here, like I've got my like hair and makeup artists is like their name, their number, like how much we have to pay them, like when is the deposit due, when do we pay their other account, do we do a trial, like having all of that recorded has helped so much. And also just thinking like, if for whatever reason, I'm not like, I don't know, I can't contact them or someone else needs to contact them for me, making sure that um, they have those numbers or it's like printed somewhere. Um, And then also I made a whole um, kind of like a PDF document of all of my outfits. It took me a long time, but I've got each outfit with each pair of shoes, jewelry, like what my hairstyle is going to be, kind of like the makeup vibe, like all there on one page just for me to remember so then on those days I'm not freaking out or being like oh my god what shoes am I wearing with this outfit um also it helps for when we're packing from New Zealand going to India um as well so I think being organized has helped so much um and Excel spreadsheets especially like Google Drive um being able to share that between both families living in different countries and with the wedding planner we also created our own email um just to make it easier to keep a track of all of our wedding related things um and we had a website we ended up doing a website for um, our RSVPs to keep a track of that as well just um having that online there and just to have visibility over both sides um just to get a rough idea of numbers total numbers um has helped a lot um but yeah the spreadsheets 
has helped so much just having everything there and like even before we went to India for our trips like we kind of had a plan of stuff we need to do of like I need to get this outfit my sister needs to get this outfit my dad had to get this outfit like what stores can we go for this outfit and trying to plan it out so then when we are in there we're not wasting time of like oh what shall we do today it was kind of pre-planned um and then just yeah lots of to-do lists and then for me I found helpful of like to do in my to-do list like who can I how who can I ask who's over in India to do those things for me um so like for example like one of my aunties she's been so helpful we've decided um to do like little welcome bags um so like just getting all the items for those welcome bags like being over here it's a lot harder so it's been nice to have her there on the ground like being able to actually like um trial the products look at the products and being like yep this can go inside the bag um and ordering all that for me so that's just been so nice just feel to like delegate that to her oh super organized I love it you you just have to be like when you have this many events with so many different people um yeah you just have to be I think and so after all those celebrations what are your plans do you go away on honeymoon you spend a bit of time with family and then yeah what will married life look like with you two yeah definitely so we definitely um agree we wanted a honeymoon just to get away from everyone after all this just to have some time for us too um so we've decided to go to Greece um we're gonna go to Greece for two weeks um a place both of us have never been to um which will be really nice we're gonna wait a few days actually before we leave for Greece um we're actually gonna spend a day in my hometown and spend a day with my grandparents and then we go to Bombay and spend a day with his grandparents. And then we're actually spending another day and we're going to South India um, to meet his great-grandma. She's 99 years old um, and she unfortunately won't be able to make it to the wedding just with her age and everything. But she like said, once you're married, you have to come home and like, I'll make you lunch. Um, so we're just like, we may as well go and see her since we're in India. Um, so we're just going to spend a bit time with our grandparents um, and then we yeah, fly to Greece for two weeks, which will be really nice. Um, and then we actually come back to India. We have a, um, no, a function for like our religious um, guru. We actually have a function in India. So we decide to attend that. Um, and then a few days later, we all leave um, for America um which will be nice so yeah so basically when I leave New Zealand in December I'm not coming back um so yeah it's like exciting and scary all at the same time but I'm definitely like ready now to like start living our life together as a married couple um two years of long distance has been long enough long distance is not fun but um yeah it definitely helped knowing that there was like an end date to it um so it's nice yeah so exciting so yeah big celebrations and then you're moving to America a lot of change coming up yes lots of change all at once but you just have to go for it I guess (laughs) yeah and definitely ending that long distance um life will be great just finally be together (laughs) yes definitely looking forward to that now Amazing. So just to wrap up, if do you have any other advice you want to give for couples that are engaged at the moment? And yeah, especially those that are planning an Indian wedding, maybe in India or even in New Zealand. Yeah, I would say be organized. 
um, break it down, um, make a list of all the events that are important to you because like I said, within an event, there's so many events you can have and don't have. So figure out as a couple what you want before you bring your parents involved um, and see what they want. Um, remember, it's important as being an, it's definitely important to have your parents' opinion, make sure that they feel like they're part of the planning process. It's important to them as well. But don't forget, like there might be some issues where you will have to stand up for yourself. Um, but yeah, just be organized um, and enjoy the process. It is really fun. It is stressful at times, but make sure that you enjoy it because you're never going to get that chance again. Um, make sure you have everything that you want to have as well. Like there might be certain things that you and the groom want. So make sure you do have your priority set out of this is a priority for us. So just yeah, make sure you listen to that. Um, booking things early has helped a lot. Um, and then just, yeah, enjoying those events when you are there, not stressing about anything else and just really taking in that day, um, and just enjoying it with your friends and family. Cause like they're there to celebrate you. So, um, yeah, have a good time. Wise words for sure. Is there anything else you wanted to add on as we finish? It's been so great to chat. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's been an honor. Um, it's cool to give a different perspective, um, completely very different. Um, each Indian wedding is so different as well. Like my wedding is not going to be the same. You might have less events, you might have more events. Um, and that's the beauty of Indian weddings. You get to tailor it towards you. Um, but no, just enjoying the process and enjoying your wedding day can't wait for people to hear this episode definitely great to have um yeah a different perspective and talk about a different culture because there's so many different types of weddings out there so yeah be great to share this thank you so much no thank you so much have a good day 